This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Frontlines Book Club and the Amazon Affiliate Program. It's December, and that means the holidays are upon us. If you're looking for gift ideas for a reader on your list, then I encourage you to visit frontlinesmtb.com slash book dash club. A portion of any purchases made on Amazon after clicking on those links will go to support the podcast. And if a book isn't the right gift, that's okay. A portion of anything you purchase after clicking on a book club link or one of the links on the frontlinesmtb.com slash shop page will go to the podcast. So do your holiday shopping from the comfort of your home, your office, or right on your smartphone and help to keep Frontlines MTB delivering great content in 2019. Now on with the show. You're listening to Frontlines, a podcast for the people that truly make mountain biking happen. Not the riders, racers, or product designers, but the builders, advocates, and the often forgotten board members of your local mountain bike trail association. The last few episodes have been a celebration of where this show has come from. A recognition of some major milestones like the 50th episode and our two-year anniversary. And we've been looking at past episodes, topics, and events. Now, for the final two episodes of 2018, I'd like to get us looking towards the future. And these next two episodes, in a way, will be a return to normalcy, in the sense that we'll choose a topic or theme and introduce you to an expert on that topic or theme. But the next two episodes will be different in who they might appeal to the most. As always, I'm confident that you'll leave each of these episodes with takeaways. Now, the final episode of the year will be aimed at those out there who might be sitting on the sidelines wondering how they can do more. Perhaps you're a mountain biker wondering who maintains your local trails or how you can get involved, pick up a shovel and lend a hand. For those that might know the answer to that question, I think you'll still enjoy my guest for the next episode. As for this episode, my hope is that it helps those who are asking the question about how to best manage their membership. Whether you're just starting out, taking over for a past board member, or looking to ditch an old clunky system, then my hope is that you'll leave today with some answers. I'm your host, Brent Hillier, and this is episode 52 of Frontlines. I'm in studio at the City of North Vancouver Public Library, which is located on the unceded territory of the Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish Nations. And joining me here is Dana Wacker, Communications and Promotions Director at the Nanaimo Mountain Bike Club. Hi, Dana. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So we're here to talk about membership. Membership is is certainly a uh, a huge revenue generator for clubs. But before we kind of dive in, into that, what other benefits does membership offer an organization? Yeah, I think that's a really great point to start with. Obviously, there's a lot of great benefits to being a member. You know, from a club standpoint or an organization standpoint, the more numbers that you have in your corner, the better that you can advocate for the trails. I think that's the first and foremost point to make. So if you're going to talk to landowners, whether private or public, or you're going to talk to businesses, you can approach them and be like, look, we represent this large number of people. We represent this body of the community. Um, and this is why we should be taken seriously. Um, of course, in addition to that, you've also got the sense of camaraderie that you're all involved in the same thing, supporting a greater cause. And of course, it does help fund everything that we do as an organization from trail building to just hosting fun events and 
and reaching out and being part of the community. Fantastic. So I've gathered some numbers from about 50 trail associations, most of them around North America. And, and on average, 30% of revenue comes from membership. Is, is that reflective of the Nanaimo Mountain Bike Club? Yeah, I'd say that's pretty pretty close. Um, for us, it, it kind of varies year to year depending on, on grants that we can receive from local government and tourism agencies. But, uh, you know, there's also events as well, but I'd say 30% is a very reasonable number. We're looking at a list of 12 different membership services. And right off the bat, uh, what I kind of notice is that they're all based on an annual rate. And, and they range from anywhere from $200 a year to, to $900 a year. Uh, there's a, just to kind of name a couple here, we've got Tidy HQ, uh, Sumac, Wild Apricot. Now, uh, the club uses Tiny HQ. And so prior to, to using that membership service, uh, what did the Nanaimo Mountain Bike Club use? I think like a lot of organizations, we started with uh, just doing it the old Excel spreadsheets way, which later, of course, switched into Google Sheets. And um, we used um, Google Contacts for most of our contact lists and everything like that. So it was a very, very manual process. Everything was paper forms, cash only at bike shops. In the last year, we made the big switch to bringing everything in one cohesive membership management system. And that's how this uh, kind of all became what it is. What would you say the maximum amount of members is for for a spreadsheet being a manageable way to kind of manage membership? Like, is it, are we looking at 50, 100? Where are we at? Yeah, I'd really say, I'd say 50 at the very, you know, that that would probably be where I'd cap it out because once you get any higher than that, like you, there are so many things that you need to factor in. And it's not just like having a list of people who are members. It's how are you going to communicate with those people? Are you going to email them separately one by one? Are you going to import them into something like MailChimp where you can deliver newsletters? Are you going to, do you want to be able to sort them into different groups based on trail builders or people who come out for club rides? So I think once you get to about 50, it becomes a little bit much to manage manually. And it's just going to be a lot easier to switch to an all-in-one system. Let's kind of dive into to some of the specifics of, of these membership services. We won't look at all of them, but some of them have transaction fees. Some of them have kind of add-ons. Like I'm, I'm seeing here that there's event calendars, uh, the ability to have surveys. Um, what are some of the highlights uh, from this list? Um, which ones have you kind of researched more than, than the others? Yeah, for sure. So I think the ones that we or best to talk about today are some of the more common ones like Wild Apricot, Sumac. And there's also Member 365, which isn't actually in this list because it's a WordPress add-on, but I know some folks are using that. And of course, TidyHQ, which is the one that our club has been using for the last year and are extremely happy with. So the big thing to take away from this is I've Brent and I are looking at a spreadsheet right now that I compiled to factor in, you know, calculations for each system option and it's it includes the the monthly fee over the span of a year um, as well as the payment processing fees assuming that each member is processing their payment and their membership online it, it kind of varies depending on how many members you have it varies depending on if your club or organization can commit to paying a full year in advance or if you need the convenience of month-to-month payments generally speaking month-to-month is going to be more expensive than if you are to commit and of course, the number of members you have will vary how much everything costs. So generally speaking, the, the larger the number of members, the lower the price may be. 
Are there some of these that might benefit uh, a group that, let's say, is is kind of under two hundred members, and are there other ones that are going to be better for uh, a group that might be up in the in the five hundred, even a thousand and, and plus on, on top of that? Like, are there are there kind of hard lines where, like, this is the one that you want if you're a relatively smaller group, um, and this is the one you want if if you're a larger group? Yeah, for sure. It's really difficult because they all scale. So. You know, if you're a smaller group, some of them will stay relatively affordable. The more members you're bringing on, um, the more capacity and, and space that your membership management system is going to need. Um, so some of them scale nicely better than others. So like Wild Apricot, for example, is a very, very popular option. Um, it's about $45 a month for up to 250 members. Of course, if you go over that 250 members, you're going to be in the next tier. So it's going to cost more per month plus the payment processing fees on top of that. And with that one, you only get two gigs of space no matter what. So it doesn't matter if you're in the lower end of the spectrum or the higher end of the spectrum, you're still just getting two gigs of space. Whereas something like TidyHQ, you've got 25 gigs of space if you have a thousand contacts or, or over a thousand contacts. So that's definitely something you want to consider, um, especially if you're going to be bringing in a lot of information gathering information about your members year after year. I mean, that even though it's it's mostly data, you're not like uploading videos and photos, it does it does accumulate over time, especially with the the larger numbers you're bringing in. Now, some of these are are not necessarily designed for uh, nonprofits and and they're certainly not going to be designed for mountain bike trail associations, but they're they're designed for potentially uh, a much broader scope of of membership organizations. Are there some that that kind of you can you can shoehorn into a, a mountain bike trail association or or does it have that feel like you're just trying to shoehorn this into the into a club or are there others that just fit? really nicely. Yeah, for sure. Something I really noticed when trying all these, I did all the free trials I could when I was searching and I, I did a lot of shopping around, about two and a half months of shopping around for the right system for our club. We looked at doing web score and race roster just because it was mentioned, just the simplicity of it. But that's the thing, the simplicity of it. It just, it it does what you need it to do. People can register as a member for the year, but it ends there. You really don't have that. You have a contact list, which you can then export into MailChimp, um, but you can't mail people necessarily very well through those platforms. And then you definitely can't loop that into your finances or see things as a bigger picture. So it was really limited that way. And then we found with other ones like Wild Apricot and Sumac, those were a little bit more closely suited to what our needs were as an organization. But they were, again, kind of like a one-size-fits-all approach because they weren't necessarily hoping to help just like a nonprofit organization like ours, they were hoping to help everybody in, in, in any capacity. So from governance to nonprofits and sports teams to what have you, you could customize them as you needed them to be. You could add different modules and whatnot, but each module you add, the cost goes up. It wasn't always the best approach until we discovered TidyHQ. It's a small online system out of Australia. Okay, so let's focus on on TidyHQ, the the choice that the Nanaimo Mountain Bike Club made. Now, the club, uh, their membership year is from January 1st to December 31st. Uh, Can you customize that membership year? For example, can you have a membership that starts March 1st or April 1st? Yeah, absolutely. So that's called fixed or rolling. And you can absolutely set that up either way. Um, It's something that our club kind of deliberated 
a good solid while, but probably about an hour and a half that we chatted about it. But the benefits to doing a fixed membership, which is what we currently have in place, so that's January through December, you kind of get a much better sense and more concrete understanding of what your membership numbers are going to be year after year. Whereas with rolling, you've got memberships constantly you know, expiring and renewing. So, I mean, your membership totals could be, in in our case, you know, we could have 100 members one month, 50 members the next month, 200 members the next month, 150 members the next month. So it's never, you never really have a full grasp on what your membership totals are year after year. That, and it's also makes it a lot easier to follow up with memberships and really promote the membership growth. You know, you can do a hard push in January. You can do another hard push in March when the weather starts to get better. So you have a much better handle on doing like a drip campaign, so to speak. So right now we're kind of looking at the the back end of of Tidy HQ and uh, and a couple things that I'm I'm seeing on here. There's a, a fantastic overview page, uh, which gives you some totals. So I I can see here you've got your total individual membership. You've also got uh, total family membership, and then there's also an executive membership on here. So that's something um, I definitely want to dig into in in a moment. Um, but all those are are added up at the bottom. Uh, I also can see here that you've got active versus expired membership, which is wonderful. Um, and then just scrolling down uh, a little bit further as well, I've got uh, recent memberships so I can actually see who signed up, when they've signed up, and then what type of membership uh, they've purchased as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, to click a little bit further in here, there's a, a tab, uh, membership levels, uh, which is great. And so you've got a couple of options here, adult membership, uh, family membership, and, and executive membership. And so uh, kind of talk me through the setup of, of creating those different types of, of memberships. Are there really just like, here's a drop down menu and here's three options, or do you have a little bit of leniency with what you can do? I think you have complete leniency, really. You, it, it is the world is your oyster with this system. That's why it's so wonderful and I love it so much. So when you open up a new membership level page, you've got the option to set the name of it. So like I flirted with the idea of doing a couples membership in the past. You can write a description. You can set the length. So length can be three months. It could be six months. It could be one full year. Um, You've got the option to set rolling or fixed. Uh, You can set, is it individual, family, or none? So that's where one of the best things I love about this membership system is we've personally added a family membership, as Brent's kind of touched on, which includes two adults and unlimited children, but you could set one child, two child, you can, you can customize it however you like, and it loops everyone into the same family. So you're not trying to register each person separately as a separate person. And then that's nice too, because when they go back next year to renew their membership, they're not doing it, you know, four or five times for each person in the family. They just have to go through this whole process once. Uh, You can set the price, you can set if there's a tax or no tax associated with it. You can set it up as a specific category. So if you have different categories, that more or less just feeds into the finance option, which we'll talk about later. There's an auto renew option. So we personally don't use the auto renew option simply because we want members to be able to choose if they want to renew with us. I mean, hopefully they will. (laughs) And then there's a waiver section. So uh, with every organization, you're going to have a waiver. um, And it's great that you don't have to kind of find a, a hack or a workaround to try and get people to sign off on a waiver. It's already included in the system. There's a welcome email that automatically sends out and an expiry email to let them know when their membership is about to lapse. And you can 
edit that expiry email and change the date. You know, is it going to go out a month prior, a week prior? That's completely customizable. This is, this is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of conversation that I've had with people about getting creative with membership and sometimes it's it's the system that limits. So um, just to kind of pick out a, a couple of those details there, there's the when we add a new uh, membership level, there's the ability to add that length. So if I'm understanding this correctly, you could have your individual membership and it's your standard membership. It lasts a year. You have your in, your family membership and it lasts a year. But in addition, you could also have like a six month membership. So then th- this is great because there's, I, I know that there's um, specifically, I've, I've spoken with uh, a, a few members of, of the San Diego Mountain Bike Association in California and, and, one of the things that they wanted to do was offer a free membership or bike shops would essentially pay for a half of a membership for anybody that bought a new bike in the bike shop. And so uh, you could use this system to actually have that in there. And um, the reason for them doing that was, was it got people into the system so then they could email them in six months and get them to, to renew. And so they weren't really giving away much for free, um, knowing that this was going to kind of get people that never would have thought thought about purchasing a membership. Yeah, absolutely. And so then the other thing that um, it looks like you can do here is, is, uh, is you could set up a monthly renewing, an auto renewing membership as well. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. So, so you could have your, you could have your one year membership and then you could do the whole Netflix thing, which is what, what a lot of people are trying to go to with, with things, which, uh, you know, has its benefits and has its downsides as well. But, um, you could have that, you know, $5 a month, $2 a month or, or whatever it might be. And, and that just auto renews. Yeah. Incredible. Okay. Uh, so this is, this is, uh, this is pretty, pretty exciting and it seems fairly easy. Like I'm, I'm just looking at this, this add new membership level page. And I'm, I've, it seems like I could easily just bang, bing, bang, boom, and kind of click this through, which is pretty, uh, pretty slick. Yeah. And that's actually one of the biggest things I love about this, the software is like, I was, I was playing with Sumac. I was playing with Wild Apricot prior to finding Tidy HQ. And I was like, God, this is just really complicated to set up. And I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly tech savvy person. I've come from a marketing background. I've studied web development in the past. And so it should be fairly intuitive. And then when I stumbled upon Tidy HQ, it was just like, this is it. This is so simple. Anyone, you know, whether it's me or someone less tech savvy in our directors group, you know, anyone can just jump on and start using it. And they've all found it really easy to use. So anyone can really work this system. That's awesome. And so on that note too, um, when you shared this with me, you actually provided me with a link. Mm-hmm. That link took me to a sign up page and I created an account yeah. and a password. Uh, and then that got me access to your system. So I'm assuming what just happened there was that you assign board members to here. So this isn't a situation where you're sharing a login. No, absolutely. If you go into the organization settings, you can set admins and roles. And so for example, not everyone in our organization needs full access to Tidy HQ. And, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit scary to give everyone full access to your entire organization's portal, so to speak, if you want to turn it into that. So for our membership director, I basically just gave them access to memberships and contacts. They didn't need to be sending out communications. If they needed to send out a communication, they could let the communications director know that. Again, for our finance director, I gave the finance director access to finances, contacts, and memberships. 
But again, they didn't need access to events or the settings of the TidyHQ backend and things like that. So you can give as little or as much as you'd like to the varying members involved in your directorship. Awesome. And so then the last tab that I see here is is reports. So I'm assuming that you have the ability to export this into a CSV. Yeah. Um, what else can you do with uh, with these um, member lists? There's several plugins that work with TidyHQ, and one of one of the ones I use all the time is it's a Mailchimp plugin. It is designed by a third party, but it seamlessly uploads your membership list or the list that you'd like in particular to Mailchimp, and then that way when you send out. For us, we send out a monthly newsletter and I never have to worry about, you know, manually exporting and importing that mailing list. It's just seamlessly updated as new members roll in. Uh, so you're also in charge of the the website for the Nanaimo Mountain Bike Club. Mm-hmm. So uh, how does Tidy HQ work for integrating into a, a club's website? Yeah, for sure. That's a really good question. So Tidy HQ by itself, it, it has the capability to develop web pages. So you could, in theory, have your entire website just this TidyHQ system. That's very similar to Wild Apricot. I know that they have the same kind of option where you have a front end and then in the back end is where you have all the administrative features. You can do that with TidyHQ. Um, Something that I find that kind of plagues all of these membership systems is I mean, they put all of their development efforts first and foremost into the membership and administrative side of things. So the front end is lacking. It's kind of antiquated. It's very, very simple. You can't really inject a lot of personalization or design aesthetics into it. So for us, we've chosen to stick with WordPress. I developed the WordPress website using plugins and like anybody else would design a WordPress website. And we've actually just linked out to the TidyHQ um, as a landing page for the memberships and just to process the memberships. And then they can come back to our website for all the, the other information that they need. But uh, so far, it's been working really, really well. We've had in the first year of implementation, we didn't have a single comment. And I was I was ac- asking for comments. I'm like, guys, I need some feedback, you know, crickets. I didn't I didn't hear anything. And then last year, we had a couple comments about folks were having troubles with PayPal. Um, but we, we were managed, we managed to skirt those issues fairly easily, but it's been really, really smooth sailing ever since. And we've been using this for about a year and a half now. From that member's perspective, they're going to your, uh, your membership page. Um, the link's right at the very top of the website. It's easy to find. Uh, I scroll down and I see here you've got right on the webpage a couple of, of membership options. There's also a little link to, to offer a donation as well. So single membership, family membership. You know, if I click on single membership, for, for instance, uh, what happens? Do I get sent to a different page? And, and what's that experience afterwards? Yeah. Um, so you, it does lead you away from the NanaimoMountBikeClub.com website to the NMBC.TidyHQ.com landing page. Um, but as soon as you land on there, it says, welcome friends of the Nanaimo Mountain Bike Club. This is the official second home of the club. The website is strictly used for membership and event registrations only. Looking to get back to our main headquarters? Click here to go back to the main site right now. So when they land on this page, it's it's extremely simple. It's got our logo uh, and three three links at the top, which says memberships, events, and contact us. So it's pretty straightforward. If you're there to sign up for a membership, you click on the memberships tab. 
It takes you to a memberships landing page. And then this is where you can choose what type of membership you'd like to go with. So we've got individual or family as options. From there on, it's really seamless. They just fill in all the required fields. They process their payment through PayPal and they're good to go. And they receive a confirmation email shortly thereafter. Well, it seems like a a really great option. I mean, there's certainly there's always there's always the option out there to to have something custom made to to fit with your club and integrate in with your website. But obviously, that uh, that comes with a, a higher price point. So mm-hmm. I think as far as um, you know, something that is uh, uh, relatively affordable, um, you know, within kind of a, a moderate uh, price scale. And actually, let's let's talk a little bit about that that price range. So, what are some of the the nitty gritty numbers um, for Tidy HQ. There's really only three options that Tidy HQ gives you in terms of pricing. So we've got mini plan, basic plan, and a pro plan. The mini plan just gives you up to 100 contacts. So this is a really good way to like test the waters with the system. If you have a fairly small membership and you want to just see where things are, see how this system works, it's a really good option to go with the mini plan. It's zero dollars. It does have a little bit higher of a processing fee per payment and obviously much smaller storage option. So 500 megabytes of storage instead of like five gigs like we currently have with our plan. That moves up to the basic plan. So if you have more than 100 contacts, the basic plan may be a good fit for you. It actually has unlimited contacts included for $39 a month. So that's one and a half percent plus 30 cents service fees, which you're going to find across the board. It doesn't matter which system you go with. All of them have payment processing fees. So that's another thing to always factor when you're looking at these different membership systems. Consider, you know, not just what it says up front, like, oh, $20 a month or, oh, it's $0 a month. Oh, but you need this $20 add-on. Oh, but you need this $20 add-on. Oh, and what we don't tell you is that there's going to be these processing fees with, with each membership. So always consider that too. The basic plan includes five gigs of storage, which is more than enough. Uh, you can send out 10,000 emails. Again, if you're kind of using something like MailChimp, <laughs> you can kind of get around that. And then you can add up to three apps. So we've got, as I mentioned, we have that MailChimp add-on. Um, you can also have a Slack add-on. You can add Google Docs um, just so that everything is sharing seamlessly. And then the pro plan is $99 a month. Again, unlimited contacts, a little bit lower service fees. And this is where you get 25 gigs of storage and 100,000 emails with unlimited apps and unlimited activity feed. So if you're a club with, say, a 1,000 members or more, probably be a good fit for the pro plan. Whereas someone like us, who is currently 260 members to maybe 800 members, um, you're absolutely fine with sticking with the basic plan. Kind of backing up and, and looking at uh, all of these these membership services, they all seem to have kind of uh, additional features. And and so what additional features are, are you really happy with uh, as far as Tidy HQ goes? That it has everything we need and nothing we don't. Just to put it really, really simple. When I was demoing Sumac and Wild Apricot, I was finding like they – like I said before, they had a one-size-fits-all approach to these things, whereas it feels like Tidy HQ was designed for nonprofit organizations like ours. It has contact lists, which you can organize extremely easily. You can send out emails. Uh, you can set up events, and the events one is actually something I just dabbled with a, about a month ago, and it was absolutely seamless in every way. 
We could set up finite number of tickets. People could purchase the tickets online. They could purchase their tickets for friends. And then we had the names of all of their friends. Um, and then I found out later that there's actually an app <laughs> that connects with TidyHQ that you can use to scan the tickets on the barcode of on the tickets. So it's it's really like as if someone was going to a concert. You have all that functionality all in this system. It is so cool. Moving on from that. You've got finances, so you don't necessarily need to have another application for finances. It's all in-house under one system, so to speak. And you can do a shop through here too. So you can, if you have products, if you have swag, you can set up a little small shop through this system as well. Well, it, it definitely seems like this is a, a great option. I mean, I'm I'm, uh, I'm pretty sold on it. When when uh, um, previous to this this conversation, we've 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 discussed this, and I was, was pretty stoked on it. You also shared this with uh, uh, with another uh, trail association board member out in Canmore, Alberta, and they've recently adopted. It and it sounds like they're really happy with it. Uh, as well, which is fantastic. You know, whether this is the option for a club or not, do you have any kind of final advice for organizations that are looking to kind of maybe uh, move past the spreadsheet or perhaps ditch something else, uh, something a little bit clunkier for something new? Yeah, absolutely. I think my biggest recommendation is shop around you know, take the time. It's absolutely worth it. You know, just based on the spreadsheet that I made, the number of members that I was looking at was 200 as a sample size. You know, you may want to use whatever applies to your organization, whether it's 200 or a thousand, create a spreadsheet. It's a little bit of work, but it is absolutely worth it because like, as I said, you know, the cost annually that I'm looking at for Tidy HQ is around $648. I mean, if we're looking at wild apricot, that could be in the 800s. It could be in the thousands for other ones. So really just do your homework and find the one that best suits your organization and try them. We always tell, you know, folks when they're shopping for a bike, try every bike you can before you buy it. The same goes for membership systems. They have free trials, make use of them. It is time consuming. We are volunteers, but it is well, well worth it if you can find the one that's going to fit you in the long run. And on a final note, I'm always here to help. You know, if you have any questions, just forward them on to Brent and Brent can forward them on to me, especially if they have to do a tidy HQ. I'm, I'm, happy to help. And they have excellent support as well. They are in Australia. <laughs> so you might have to wait 12 hours, but they are super friendly. And I have only great things to say about them. Well, Dana, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you. My next guest is Thomas Schoen. He's a past guest, owner and operator of First Journey Trails and the chair of the Caribou Mountain Bike Consortium. Hi, Thomas. Welcome back to the show. Awesome, Brand. Thanks so much for having me back. Late November, you posted on on Instagram and uh, it was on the, the First Journey uh, account. First Journey Trails is looking for a female trail builder to join uh, your team in, in 2019. And the, you said the position could be full-time or for one of your confirmed 2019 projects in British Columbia. What was the reason for uh, requesting that, that female trail builders specifically apply for a job at First Journey Trails? It's not a new idea brand. I've been I've been thinking about this for a while, but what really what really sparked this this decision to 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 actively go out and, and seek female trail builders uh is, is is twofold. One of it is I 
we were limited in terms of capacity. I need a lot of staff in 2019. Uh, projects are rolling in. I'm signing contracts. I've got a lot of trails to build, a lot of projects all over the province. So I'm, I'm actively searching for for crew members, for team members, uh, for the construction side of my company. But the other side that played a huge role in, in, in why I put this ad out when I did it was coming back from the Western Mountain Bike Advocacy Symposium. It was a conference um, hosted by NSMBA and, and IMBA in North Vancouver in, in mid-October. And ever since I attended the conference, I've, I've kept thinking about how I can play a better role how I can help in building diversity within the mountain bike industry. I'm extremely proud of our industry on, on taking on this topic. And I'm, I'm, I'm at a point now with my company where I feel like I, I can help out. I've always done a lot of work with, with the First Nations community, but I want, I want to go beyond that and I want to be a more inclusive employer and, yeah, and, and, and just broaden my, my horizon in terms of workforce. That's awesome. So in the past, um, you certainly weren't, uh, just hiring men or, or you you certainly weren't putting out kind of campaigns saying like, we just want men to apply, but why is it important to, to specifically ask that women apply to this, this position? I never had a female trail builder approaching me. And I think there might be a, a, a bit of an intimidation factor on on the side of female trail builders. I'm I'm just assuming this here, but I think maybe maybe some female trail builders think I wouldn't be hired, or maybe I can't carry out this type of work. Um, I, I should mention that as a director for the Williams Lake Cycling Club and the, the, the chair of the Caribou Mountain Bike Consortium, over the years I've worked with a, number, a high number of female volunteer trail builders or female riders that come out on, on our volunteer days and help maintain the trails. And, and, and I always thought, wouldn't it be great if if I would actually be able to employ female trail builders, I mean they're such a big part of the riding community. So why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they be out uh, playing an active role in creating those trails that we ride? So have you had some applicants uh, apply? I have. I've got some really good leads, and I think. Um, I, I think one for sure will give it a try. Um, if I if I have applicants, what what I certainly will emphasize is give it a try. Don't quit your fantastic money making day job quite yet. You know, I'd be happy to have you for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Join one of my crews. You know, try it out for six weeks. If you can take a leave of absence from your current job, if you want to give this a try. We in the mountain bike industry or we as riders, we know how tough this work can be. You're not just out in the sunshine, even if you come up to the caribou, but you are out there and, and you are digging often. It involves living in a camp. Uh, the living conditions aren't often the greatest. So I really want, I really want new staff members to get the opportunity to experience it. If this is not for you, that's absolutely fine. But at a minimum, you had a fantastic 
fantastic experience. You went to a new community. You rode new trails. You met a, a new group of friends. So yeah, I, I think that's that's the approach I'm I'm gonna try. But yes, I I have a few ladies I'm in contact in contact with now, and I have one that's that's where we're seriously planning out how we'll make this happen next year. Where can people find out more information and uh, apply if they're interested? The best thing is to get in touch with me uh, through my website, firstjourneytrails.com. It gives you a bit of an idea what my company does, the type of trails we build, uh, past projects, where we've been building trails. And yeah, it just gives you a bit of a feel for my, my organization. And then yeah, they can contact me through, through my website. And I'll be sure to include that stuff in the, the show notes. But uh, Thomas, thanks so much for taking the time to, to chat with me. I'm, I'm, I really appreciate it and uh, excited to kind of see where this goes. Absolutely. I hope we'll have a follow-up discussion in a year from now. And I can tell you about the five fantastic female trail builders that are building the first female-only built trail in the interior. So hopefully a year from now, we will have this discussion. Awesome. Fantastic. Like always, you can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FrontlinesMTB. And you can send me an email or audio file to info at FrontlinesMTB.com. You can stream the show on Mountain Bike Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you haven't done so already, leave us a review on wherever you get the show. It helps others find the podcast. Don't forget to support the show via PayPal. You can find a link in the show notes along with a link to the Frontline's MTB Book Club, the Nanaimo Mountain Bike Club, First Journey Trails, and a number of the membership services mentioned in today's episode. Music, as always, is by Lee Rosevere, production notes by Jennifer Pride, artwork is created by Brendan Gallagher-Watson and BGW Creative, and big thanks to Ben Walnack and the team at Mountain Bike Radio for your continued support. This will be my final episode for 2018. I'll see you in 2019. Episode 53, titled So You Want to Be a Trail Builder, will be hosted by Rocky Blondin, president of the Fraser Valley Mountain Bike Association in British Columbia, Canada. And finally, I'm Brent Hillier. This is Frontlines. Thanks for listening, and happy holidays.